Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvot Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvotisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Can we put up the uh, first slide? Or do I have to do it? There we go. All right. Just in case you misspell my last name. There it is. So, Shabbat Shalom. It's good to be with Tikvat again. I was here just uh, one, about one year ago. And uh, it definitely feels like home. It felt like a homecoming when I, when I came in today. So, really enjoy being with you. Enjoy worshiping with you. And uh, it's an honor to be here on a special Shabbat which uh, you've already heard, Shabbat HaChodesh. You're far enough in the south, I think, that I could say, well, all Shabbats are special, right? (laughs) Every Shabbat is special, but this is a special, special Shabbat. And uh, it's only, what, two weeks, 14 days till Passover. This is the the new moon. Shabbat HaChodesh is the new moon of the uh, first month. And then comes Passover at the full moon, just 14 days later. So when I got on my way uh, to come be with you, I I, uh, left yesterday morning, actually before uh, sunup, so my wife couldn't take me to the airport. I I summoned Uber, and uh, on my app it popped up that my driver was going to be Gerald, my Uber driver. And uh, Gerald has a five-star rating but I, I actually remembered him. Uh, I said, you know, I think, I think this guy uh, has given me a ride before. And sure enough, when I got in his car, uh, Gerald said, I think I've given you a ride before. And I was really impressed. It's one thing, you know, to see how many Uber rides do I take in a year, just a few. Uh, he schlepped hundreds of people since schlepping me the last time. Uh, but he remembered who I was. And he wasn't just saying that because he said... Um, you know, we were headed to the airport, and he said, yeah, you travel all over the country giving lectures. He remembered that. Uh, not exactly lectures, but he got it really close, and I said, yeah, I'm um, part of a Jewish movement that believes that Jesus is the Messiah, and so we're kind of a minority within a minority, and uh, I was trying to engage him. You know, he, he was definitely tuned in, so I thought I could engaged the guy, and I said, um, tomorrow is the, is the new moon of the first month of our year, which means that Passover is just two weeks away. And uh, a lot of people are uh, interested in Passover. I thought that was a little hook. And he kind of changed. He said, he said, yeah, I really respect Jewish people, and he kind of went off on a tangent. He didn't, he didn't really connect to the new moon idea. And you can see in our modern high-tech world that, you know, observing the phases of the moon uh, sounds a little esoteric. It doesn't sound that relevant. But it really is relevant, and, and that's what I want to share for a few minutes today. Um, there's a, a symbolism in the new moon, new moon that's relevant to all of us. 
uh, especially to me and Gerald, because we're old guys. Gerald is like old like I am. You know, we used to be called baby boomers. Now we're the Medicare generation. Um, and one of the advantages of being older is that it's harder to deny our mortality. The psalmist says, uh, so teach us to number our days that we may gain wisdom. And when you have fewer days in this life ahead of you, it's easier to number them and to be wise. And the symbolism of the new moon has some real relevance in terms of our mortality. Cheery topic, isn't it? This is, good. this is relevant whether you're younger or older. So let's look, you know, we're looking ahead at uh, Passover, just a couple weeks ahead. But let's look back <clears throat> at the last big holiday we had. Well, actually, the second to the last. last one was Purim, but uh, Hanukkah. And remember in the days of, of the Maccabees, who was the villain in the, in the Hanukkah story? Who's the bad guy? Yeah, Antiochus, Antiochus, um, and Antiochus is the emperor uh, of a Hellenistic empire, Greek empire that um, ruled over the land of Israel. He wanted to consolidate his power, create a more uniform uh, population, and so he was seeking to suppress Jewish practice. And uh, historians tell us that he probably had Jewish advisors who agreed with this goal, and gave him some uh, very specific counsel. One version of the story is that he banned just three mitzvot in order to suppress Jewish life and Jewish continuity. And those three mitzvot were uh, first, circumcision, second, Shabbat, and the third was the declaration and blessing of the new moon by the priests of the temple. Now, the first two mitzvot are pretty obvious. Uh, circumcision is called a, a sign of the covenant in Genesis 17. So if you, if you want to uh, separate the Jews from our covenant, remove that sign of the covenant. Shabbat is called a sign between God and Israel forever, Exodus 31. So if you want to suppress Jewish life and identity, you suppress Shabbat. But what about the new moon? What's the significance there? Well, uh, on one level, the, the entire Jewish calendar depends on the declaration, the blessing, the establishment of the new moon of the first month, and the whole year flows from that point. And the priests were authorized to do this observation and blessing of the new moon. And so Antiochus uh, craftily banned the observation of the new moon. There's something more though, because the new moon, he may have not been aware of this, but I'm sure the, the demonic forces behind him were aware of this. The new moon is a reminder of new life, of, of regeneration, of hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. The new moon, well, this is from the uh, art scroll uh, Humash it says, just as the moon disappears at the end of each month, but returns and grows in fullness, so Israel may suffer exile and decline, but it always renews itself. 
Or better, I think they should have said, it's always renewed by God. Because our renewal does not depend on ourselves, it depends on God's power and grace. But Israel is always renewed until the coming of Messiah, when the promise of the Exodus and the revelation at Sinai will be fulfilled, never to be dimmed again. So Antiochus, you can try to suppress Israel, and you, you may even seem to succeed, but Israel will always rise up again like the new moon, which waxes until the fullness of the 14th day. So the new moon will continue to be marked and sanctified by the Jewish people even into the age to come as a symbol. Uh, in the Haftorah for this week, Ezekiel, how many of you read the half, the half Torah portion? It's, it's really kind of, you know, I, I said the, that observing the new moon is kind of esoteric. It's a little bit out there. Uh, the half Torah portion is really out there. It, it's Ezekiel's vision of the uh, temple of the age to come. And he gives all the details of the temple that will be in existence in the, in the age to come, in the eschatological age. And in... Uh, Part of it, he introduces a prince who uh, the commentators think that this is really another uh, term for the high priest of the temple of the age to come. And it says that it'll be the prince's duty to furnish the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and drink offerings at the feasts, the new moons, and the Sabbaths, all the appointed feasts of the house of Israel. So this Haftorah is assigned to this Shabbat because it mentions the new moon, but it's, but it's additionally significant that the new moon is observed even in the age to come, even in the eschatological temple. Is that, you like that word, eschatological? That really uh, has some, some clout, and that'll be on your spelling quiz at the end of the sermon. Um, thus says the Lord God, in the first month which is this month, on the first day of the month, which is today, the new moon, uh, you shall take, you the prince, shall take a bull from the herd without blemish and purify the sanctuary. So the new moon will be marked and sanctified even in the age to come because it's a, an undying symbol of hope and regeneration of God's people. Its uh, importance is underscored in Matthew's genealogy of Messiah. Matthew uh, chapter 1, he gives the genealogy of Yeshua from Abraham down to, to Yeshua's birth. And then he summarizes it and he says, Thus there were 14 generations from Avraham to David, 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 generations from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Now, don't be scandalized when I say this, but, but 14 is not the literal number of generations in every one of these sequences. Uh, Matthew, and this, this was done in genealogies in, in the Bible throughout the ancient world, he crafted his genealogy, left out a couple of generations um, for a purpose. And he's highlighting the number 14. What is the significance of 14? Well, one significance is that 
David is spelled Dalit Vav Dalit. In Hebrew, we don't have the Arabic numerals. You can figure out why, right? The numbers that we have in English, we call them Arabic numerals. Uh, in Hebrew, we just use the Hebrew letters to signify numbers. And uh, Dalit is four, Vav is six, Dalit again is four. Do your math, David equals 14. So Matthew is highlighting with the number 14, highlighting the Davidic descent and the Davidic connection of Messiah Yeshua. But there's more to it because Matthew is framing the genealogy in the lunar cycle. Abraham, 14 generations, or 14 generations later, David. Abraham is like the new moon breaking, uh, beginning to, to, to rise, to break out in the darkness of, of paganism and alienation from God. And the light that Abraham brings to the world increases, it waxes, and finally reaches the climax in the Davidic dynasty after 14 generations of full moon and then it wanes until the exile 14 generations and the moon the light shrinks again and with the exile 14 generations and we reach Messiah Yeshua and I'll leave it to the uh, end time buffs to figure out what happens after that with the waning and waxing after that but the, the climax is the, the coming of Messiah. And Matthew is highlighting this, uh, the, the intensity, the light of Messiah, not just his birth, but the culmination of Messiah's first appearing is his resurrection. And the new moon is a symbol of resurrection, death, darkness, and then new life increasing until the, the fullness of light, of, of resurrection, breaks forth. Messiah's story doesn't end <clears throat> with his birth. It doesn't end with his death. Honestly, it doesn't end with his resurrection, but that's the climax of his first appearing is the resurrection. Um, just as the new moon of the first month begins the, the countdown to Passover, which is the festival of our redemption, the festival uh, during which Messiah Yeshua rose from the dead. And uh, in fact, the, the theme of resurrection is part of the Passover uh, liturgy and tradition uh, within the mainstream Jewish world apart from Messiah Yeshua. What's the, what's the last thing we say at the Passover Seder? Right, okay. I, I know you're kind of an interactive congregation, so I'm throwing out a few questions here. Um, yeah, we, we end up, we say next year in Jerusalem. That's not just, um, uh, you know, a tour, a tour company slogan. Next year, come to Jerusalem. Uh, that's nice if we can do it. You know, it's great if we can do a tour to Jerusalem during Passover. But what that's really saying is that Passover is the festival of redemption past, which also looks to redemption future. Next year, may we be in, in the Jerusalem restored with the coming of Messiah, the establishment of the kingdom. So the Haftorah, 
imagines the future observance of Passover in the millennial eschatological temple on the 14th day of the first month, you are to have the Pesach, a feast seven days long, matzah will be eaten. There's that 14 again. A reminder of, of hope, uh, resurrection. So the waxing moon, the growing moon from <clears throat> new moon to full moon is so uh, central, the symbol of hope is so central to life with God that the prophet envisions the new moon Passover cycle being uh, kept and repeated even in the age to come. It's not something that's going to drop away. It's something that's going to uh, be maintained and honored in the age to come. The hope of resurrection that this cycle hints at is, is central to, uh, to Jewish thought and Jewish faith. So in our uh, Siddur, for example, one of the early um, prayers before the uh, more formal part of the prayer service that we got into this morning is the Yigdal prayer. And uh, this is a kind of a liturgical version of 13 uh, essentials of Jewish faith that were uh, formulated by Maimonides in the 12th century. And the final essential, you know, Maimonides basically is saying, uh, you can't really be practicing Judaism without these 13 essentials. And uh, the other rabbi said, who died and appointed you the Pope? But that's another story. But, you know, he, here's what he said are the 13 essentials, and they're recited in the Yigdal prayer every morning, traditionally. The final one says, God will revive the dead in his great loving kindness, blessed forevermore is his glorious name. The resurrection in, in traditional Judaism. The Amidah, the second uh, blessing in the Amidah, which we recited this morning five times, mentions the resurrection from the dead. And it culminates, faithful are you to revive the dead, Baruch Adonai blessed are you, Lord, who revives the dead. Resurrection, essential to Jewish life and, and faith. In Messianic faith, it's even more essential. Paul says, reminds us of the good news which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Namely this, the Messiah died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So the resurrection hope is as inherent to our life of faith as the waxing moon, the growing light of the moon is inherent to the cycle of the month. The month begins on the new moon, the light increases. Resurrection is, is inherent. It's, it's uh, an inescapable part of the faith that we share. Paul says, the good news on which we stand. You see that first sentence? The good news which you received. We talk about receiving from the Lord a lot. We receiving the message, receiving Messiah. Paul says, it's the good news you received on which you stand. Are you standing on the good news of Messiah? Are you standing on the hope of resurrection? 
because it's, it permeates our life of faith. It defines the God that we believe in. In the 21st century, you know, God, there's all, all kinds of different versions of who and what God is. The God we're talking about is the God who raises the dead. God who gives hope in darkness. That, that's inherent to who God is. It's inherent to our walk with God. So the resurrection isn't just a, like a bullet point on our uh, belief list, but it permeates our faith. It defines the God that we serve, and it defines what it means to walk and to know that God. It provides a purpose to human history, which is chaotic without it. The current best-selling book on uh, Amazon, nonfiction book, is uh, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Do you know, anybody familiar with this? You're familiar with Amazon, right? All right. So, uh, Peterson is a, a professor at the University of Toronto, clinical psychologist, so he's kind of a cousin of mine. I'm a clinical mental health counselor. He's a clinical psych. And his book, he's very controversial. His book is called 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. An Antidote to Chaos. So, uh, he said, I said, you know, he's controversial, but I don't think there's much controversy about what he's saying here. He says... It's no problem for me to understand why people have anxiety disorders or why they're depressed or why they have substance use problems. And, you know, I mentioned I'm a, a clinical mental health counselor. I have a, a private practice in addition to, to rabbiing. And uh, on my card it says treating anxiety, depression, and addictions. Which generally, really means I'm a general practitioner. Because these are the big three. If you, uh, depending on how you define, define anxiety, depression, and addiction, about a third to a half of our population is dealing with one of these issues. So Dr. Peterson is saying it's no mystery to me to understand why people struggle with these things. The mystery for me is always why people don't have all of those things at once. And uh, he knows as well as I do that there are a lot of people who do have all of those things at once. He's saying, you know, the mystery is why everybody doesn't have all those things at once. Because everyone has a reason to be anxious. In fact, we have the ultimate reason to be anxious. Because we know that we're vulnerable and we know that we're going to die. Back to that cheery thought. When he says we know that we're vulnerable, he, he, you know, we're, we're radically, existentially, ultimately vulnerable. Our humanity is, is fragile and can be damaged and torn down. And ultimately, in the end, we're going to die. And how can you not be anxious under those circumstances, and how you cannot be anxious under those circumstances is a great mystery. It's a massive mystery. But we have the answer to that mystery. Because we have hope. The resurrection of Yeshua gives hope to our entire lives. It's not just, you know, I hope someday I get resurrected, which I do hope, but it's way bigger than that. 
it, it, it gives meaning, purpose, direction to the entire human story. Not just my story, but the story of, of hu humankind. And we believe that that hope rests upon Yeshua himself. But now, Paul says, Messiah has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Oops, wrong slide. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, for as in Adam all die, so also in Messiah will all be made alive. My human story ends in hope through Messiah. Our human, shared human story is not uh, chaotic and meaningless and hopeless, but it, it's headed toward the, the miracle of resurrection that only the God of Israel through Messiah can bring. So here's the on-the-ground relevance of this esoteric talk about the new moon. Hope undying amid the chaos. Now, why did it do that? Amid the chaos and despair of that surround us, we build lives of meaning and purpose. Amid the chaos and despair that surround us, we build lives of meaning and purpose. Amid the unbelief of this present age, we have belief here in this building, but when we walk out on the streets, when we encounter people, uh, when we interact, we're faced with unbelief. In fact, my, uh, my Uber driver, Gerald, my five-star Uber driver, you know, he said, I really uh, respect the Jewish people. I have Jewish friends. He's from Houston. I had a Jewish partner in Houston, blah, blah, blah. He said, uh, I'm not really committed to, to religion myself. He said, yeah, I believe that, that Jesus Christ is the Savior, sort of, but I'm not sure. And I, and I said, well, you, you know, you sounded pretty committed until you said sort of. And he chuckled, but that is so typical, right? Because you're not really, in this age that we live in, you're not really supposed to believe firmly in anything, especially anything, you know, organized religion-wise. But amid that unbelief that we're surrounded with in this present age, we hear and we pass on a story of redemption. We hear and we tell a story of redemption because of the resurrection of Messiah. There's no guarantee that our lives are going to be longer, more trouble-free, more fun and happy than the lives of those who don't know Messiah. But there is, instead of a guarantee, there is hope, a living hope in Messiah Yeshua through his resurrection from the dead on Passover long ago. Let's read this together as we close. Blessed be the God, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Read it louder with me. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who in keeping with his great mercy has caused us through the resurrection of Yeshua, the Messiah from the dead, to be born again to a living hope. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.